So just as we settle together and there's, again, the sense of gathering, of coming into a, a community, we could say, a communion of connection, of presence, of shared engagement and heart. And I, I just want to begin by saying how lovely it's been to spend these days with you. And um, in fact, all of us, myself, River and Ella, we've enjoyed it so much. We've decided that we'll keep a little something going on beyond today, just so as to name that from the beginning that we'd like to continue to offer, at least for the rest of this week, a, uh, a space where those who wish can come together and practice together. And I'll say a little bit more about that and in a moment. But uh, the sense I have of real appreciation, of real gratitude for your, for your practice and for your open-heartedness and courage and dedication and uh, the care and the listening that's been offered in so many different ways here in the, in the kind gaze and the supportive reflections and sharings and insights and responses in the chat and the coming together in the groups and the, and the questions and the answers and all of that. I've really had the sense of a, of a precious gathering, a blessed gathering. And uh, what we talk about in the, the, the tradition, the jewels, the refuges of Buddha, of Dharma, of Sangha, this possibility of awakening, the teachings and the practices that support our awakening and the community that we share this journey with. A sense of community of Sangha has been so strong and a really blessed thing. And really hope that you too have felt this and felt the value, felt the power, felt the, uh, the blessedness of what's been happening here. And uh, I also just want to say it's, it's felt a little bit for me like traveling in a, a foreign land. It's uh, perhaps similar for some of, some of us, some of you, but although the world of retreats and meditation is very, very deeply familiar to me, the, the process of being in an online environment and doing this has, uh, has felt kind of like a a journey into a strange world in which I don't really know how to do things or how things happen. Um, and that's actually also been lovely. I found it myself touched to discover how much intimacy, how much presence, how much connection can arise in this field, even with the sometimes complexity or clunkiness of the, and sometimes the not quite workingness of the uh, interface of the of the world of computers and devices. So there's a, a couple of things I I just wanted to name with that. Is is and it's it's come so many times, I think just worth acknowledging again the sense so many of us have of the wish for positive change, the hope for growth, for opening, for development, both in our own journey, but also in our world and in our culture, in our communities. And um, I'm just going to check. Am I coming through all right? 
You're breaking up a little bit, Yanai. Can someone tell me if I'm... Uh, yes, I've just realised I've not actually plugged into the... Am I coming through okay now? Yeah, that's better. Thanks. Was that going on the whole time I was talking? I should have asked earlier. I'm sorry. Uh, only a little bit now and then. Ah, well, there you are. I completely forgot to switch on my phone, which has got a better system here than the, uh, the Wi-Fi. But uh, I hope it'll be clear now. I just received in a message from um, a community I'm connected with a little quote from the, the Pope, in fact, who in Pope Francis in his Easter message yesterday said, I hope that this time of danger will free us from operating on automatic pilot, will shake our sleepy consciences and allow a humanist and ecological conversation that puts an end to the idolatry of money and places human life and dignity at the center. And I was just, again, touched to read these words of a, a leader who I'm, I don't know particularly and of a faith I'm not particularly connected to, but that recognition of how we so often are operating on automatic pilot. And that I think for many of us, this time is a waking up and a seeing what else can be possible for us and that our, our sense, our vision, our hope for a, for transformation in this world to come through the situation that we're in is, I think, a widely shared one and a profoundly important one. And it feels to me that our engaging in this retreat together has also been an expression of that and a contribution to that. And so at this time, I just again want to say, and I'll say it again, I'm sure, but I want to say thank you to you all for your practice, for your showing up, for your engaging, for your supporting of each other, your supporting of this that is really and truly precious. And I'd like to just at this point pause and pass you on to River we will offer some reflections on this point where we are in this journey. And then I'll um, have a little more to say after. Thanks, Yanai. And I just want to echo my, uh, the gratitude, my gratitude to all of you for your presence and your practice and your sharing and your willingness in however way that's been for you to turn again and again to experience and to deepen little by little in these profound practices of wisdom and compassion. And just as Yanai was speaking then, I was thinking um, about hope and about particularly the work of Joanna Macy, who may well be familiar to, to some of you, uh, Buddhist practitioner and ecological warrior writer for many, many decades, and particularly her book, Active Hope. If you don't know it, I, I recommend it. Um, really looking at how we can face this situation, this wider situation of climate and ecological 
deep crisis with love. So great pull, as we know, and particularly in this time of coronavirus, the fear, the anxiety, and the great fears that may be in all of our, in many of our hearts about what is happening to the planet. And she invites us to turn towards this and to act from love rather than fear. Can we do what we can and be called in whatever way we are called? And sometimes that is sitting quietly with ourselves, with our experience. And sometimes that is taking action. And in fact, being with ourselves is also a deep kind of action. Can we do this from love? Can we do it from love? And in the knowledge that there may be much that in the end we're powerless over. We can do what we can do, but the teaching of equanimity is to find balance and find steadiness in the midst of all things including all that we have no control over, which is much. So I want to move on to talk a little bit about transition. And this is uh, the part um, of a retreat ending. You know, if we were all in the same place, in the same building, we'd speak quite a lot about the transition process and about how we move <clears throat> from a retreat environment into our everyday lives. But we are all uh, in the midst of our everyday lives as they are at the present time, even though, they, though that, that might be deeply different for us in different aspects. But still there is going to be some elements of transition and this will vary a lot. So for some of us, um, we've been able to do a lot of the sittings and follow the practices. Um, and, and really deepen over the last few days. And for some of us, we've been combining it with work, with family responsibilities. But all of us together have created a container, very particular kind of container. And now that container is going to change. It's going to, as all things do, dissolve. Uh, it's going to change form. Uh, and we will be you know, the rhythm of our lives may be very different, the rhythm of our days. So really to take care with that transition. And, and people were sharing in the, in the Q&A in the small groups today <clears throat> already a kind of um, an anticipation of that transition and a certain amount of anxiety about it. And sometimes when I was on retreat, um, particularly if, you know, I feel, I'd felt like the heart had opened and there'd been some deepening of practice, uh, teachers would talk about impermanence and I'd, I'd kind of hear it, but I'd, you know, really to myself, I was going, no, this is, this is going to carry on. I'm going to carry on feeling, you know, like this, this open heartedness, this whatever, these positive uh, qualities. And then I would, you know, come home and conditions change, conditions change. And, I would find myself in different conditions and not particularly sometimes the conditions really supportive to a lot of deep practice. And sometimes then there would come a sense of, um, sometimes I called it falling off the wagon or, you know, a sense of kind of disappointment in myself or uh, a kind of um, 
a sort of, uh, you know, resignation or uh, even despair, really. So I just wanted to name that in case that is something that you encounter in the days to come. To as much as possible, uh, remember to bring kindness to those moments, to bring patience, to know that conditions change, that we've had particular kinds of conditions here together. And, you know, in different conditions, there will be, you know, other, other things happening, other calls on our time, other pulls on our attention. And this patient work of remembering to remember, as I've said before, so much of our practice is remembering to remember and even remembering what can help us remember, what can help us to remember where we really want to set our compass, where we want to line up our intention and our attention so that we can point more and more, and this is a gradual process sometimes and a delicate process. And a, as I've said earlier, you know, two steps forward, one step back. This process of really tuning to what is the deepest desire of our hearts. So with the, with the transition, patience as much gentleness with the self as we can and also you know knowing and remembering what can support us community practice the qualities of the brahma viharas that we've been talking about the cultivation of joy the steadiness the the care the guardianship of the body in whatever shape that feels most right for you